You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back, and I cannot guarantee better than ever. It is the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable. My name is Josh Neighbors. I'm the host of Locked On Big 12. To my right, it is Linda Godfrey. She is the host of Locked On Pokes. To her right, it is John Williams. He is the host of Locked On Sooners. Below him, it is Stephen Simcox. He is the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. And then to his left, that's Jake Hatch. He is the host of Locked On Cougars. Well, I'm much more winded than I thought after doing the intro. We're going to talk about Will Smith tonight. And we're going to talk about spring football. More importantly, this is kind of our spring football kickoff. Everybody here, their team is out of the of the NCAA tournament. Um, I cover the Big Tw- Big Twelve, so all you know, I have ten teams. One of them is still in Kansas, as I wear my Missouri sweatshirt, ironically. So we'll <laughs> we'll touch on the Final Four a little bit, talk some spring football, and also touch on Will Smith and Chris Rock because who's not talking about it? All that's coming up on tonight's show. Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, it is the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the Oscars moment we had between Will Smith and Chris Rock. I'm trying to think of the the sports equivalent to this. Does anybody... As anybody, I mean, Jake, you, I know you are kind of the foremost radio person out of this kind of whole group of us. Um, have you guys had the sports equivalent conversation? Have you thought of one? We had a discussion on my radio show here in Salt Lake City about the incident itself. Our The funny thing is our initial debate was, is it real or is it fake? That's, that's kind of where things centered, but we did kind of evolve it into trying to find comparisons for what happened. And honestly, I think that the, the one that I thought of was the malice in the palace, but it's not, mm. it, 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 it's a little different obviously because there was a beer thrown at Ron Artest and then he was up in the stands and the melee begins. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a perfect comparison in the sports world for this, but Let's discuss it. Let's see if we can find, dig down and find a comparison for it. So if anybody has one at any point in time, I'd like you all to, we'll take this first segment to, to think about it. But you're, so um, John, Stephen, and Jake, you guys are all, you guys are all married. All right. And you're all men. So actually this, Linda, you know, you and I, I'm not, I'm not married and you are a woman. So um, we are out of this conversation because we can't put ourselves, we can't put ourselves in Will Smith's shoes. So John, John, Jake, and Stephen, you guys are on the clock on this one. Um, Put yourself in Will Smith's shoes. Is there any situation where somebody would make a joke that was not like, that was not blatantly offensive where you would go over the edge? Could you be in a certain mood? Could you be set off? Anything like that? Basically, what I'm trying to say is, is there, could you see yourself at all in Will Smith? Or is it just like, that was so out of line. That was so crazy. John, you can go first. I don't think I could see myself in that situation. In that circumstance, when you have a comedian who's kind of made himself famous by being edgy and kind of blurring the lines of comedy, like going to the edge, 
you kind of expect to get some things that are going to be controversial. And he definitely brought something controversial. Now, if we were in public and somebody was making fun of my bald wife, I might say something about it. I'm probably not going to put hands on them. When we lived overseas in Ethiopia, we had drunk people all the time coming up and trying to touch my wife and grab her hand and all that stuff. That was about the only times I put my hands on somebody, but it was just like, hey, I put my hand on their chest and kind of back them away and just to say, listen, that's not okay. You can't touch my wife. It never escalated beyond that, but that's about as far as it went. And really, as far as I wanted it to go, I did not want to get into fisticuffs with somebody in a foreign country and find myself locked in an Ethiopian (laughs) prison. But yeah, that's that's about where I'd, I'd come from. And I'm a lover, not a fighter, so it's unlikely <laughs> I'm going to fight somebody. Somebody would have to like be really coming after and going over the top, not just like a one-liner, but if they were just relentlessly you know, belittling her, um, then right. that's probably where I'd step in and, and start throwing some fisticuffs. Yeah, it's this the setting, too, is like one that lends itself. Also, they, these two have put themselves out there. Like, like that conversation of them at the table together talking about their – I mean, talking about their sex lives very publicly is like appalling. But I mean, they're out there and they're sitting at the first table. Stephen, is there is there any point in time where you were like, "I'm kind of Team Will Smith," or is it just this is this is so ridiculous? I mean, I think defending your wife is noble. Obviously, that's not the way to go about it. Like, like John said, I mean, if somebody's joking around, my first instinct, especially if it was a joke would be to make fun of them back. Like that would be my first, like that would be my impulse. It wouldn't be to just walk up and slap somebody in the face. Now here's my theory on what happened because Will laughed initially. He did. And I think, I think he laughed at the joke and then he, and you could tell Jada didn't appreciate it from the, from the jump. And he looked over and he saw, Oh, she's upset. I screwed up. Now I have to like overcompensate and do something to make up for laughing at the joke also you know i'm sure there was like uh just the emotion of my wife is hurt by this but i feel like will just decided like oh no i have to like go overboard now and do something to prove that i didn't appreciate that either and that was what he landed on which was crazy but um yeah it was insane and i think the the situation there was was so beneficial for will not that like obviously it was awkward and uncomfortable but like what's chris rock gonna do i mean i guess he could have like bum rushed him when he turned around or started making jokes about that august whatever his name is that you know had an affair with with jada at one time but like he was so shocked he was just he just like okay well i guess we're moving on i guess we're moving on to to whatever's next i guess i just have to sit here and take this um so it was sort of a a situation where I feel like he also knew he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to fight back. Like he didn't have to actually throw hands. He was just going to slap that guy and then walk away. Uh, But no, I I could not see myself doing that. And I I think it was as much about Will's reaction to the joke as it was the joke itself. Jake. So you can answer this question. You can go from any angle about, about you and and your wife. And also I want to hear the worst take you heard on the radio this week from either a caller or a pundit or somebody. I want to hear the worst Will Smith take that we got all week. Jeez. Okay. So I have been in one, exactly one fight in my entire life. It was in second grade. A kid was hounding me relentlessly and I beat the crap out of him. My uncle was my principal at the elementary school I went to. So that got real quickly back to my parents and I learned my lesson at that point. So I've never (laughs) laid hands on another human being since then. I have a, 
so similar to what John talked about, I've never really had too crazy of an incident involving my wife, but there was one time where obviously a drunk person was saying some things and I just told him, Hey, you need to cool it. You need to back off. And it kind of deescalated the situation and he, he kind of moved on, but the, the, the worst take and trust me, my Twitter feed, our station Twitter feed, all that stuff was full of all kinds of hot takes out there. But we did have one guy. We did not put him on air because uh, he came <laughs> on and was just firing bolts. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I, I was screening calls. I'm like, we're not putting you on there. But he, um, what did he try to say? He wanted to say that both uh, parties were at fault. Uh, we brought up the, is it August Alsina? Is, is that the guy? Something that like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wanted to bring August Alsina into the conversation, but he's like, everybody's at fault for this. Will for being a bleepity bleep. Jada for doing all the bleepity bleep she did over on the side. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, whoa, whoa, what is going on here? And then he eventually tied it in. This is, this, is where, this is where the worst take came in. He eventually tied it in to somehow this was a conspiracy with uh, the presidential elections of the last two cycles. So it's... <laughs> Don't, I had to sit there for it was it was at least two or three minutes of him just babbling on, but eventually got to somehow this was uh, is wrapped up in the, the Democrats. The Democrats so, they made it happen. So it, he, he involved Trump. He involved involved Biden. It was bipartisan. It was was his name Q? What? Yeah, it was it was a it was, it was a Q name Q. It had to have been. It had yeah. to have been. Um, we had so we we had mentioned John had brought it up in our group chat like about like our childhood. Our childhood, you know, one of our childhood heroes. Uh, Linda, are you a big Will Smith fan? Are you or no? I mean, really? my brother was probably more like the Will Smith. Like he kind of catered to the things that my brother enjoyed. So I watched a lot of it because he's mm -hmm. older and bigger and uh, meaner. And so I, I've seen plenty of Will Smith uh, just as a whole. I'm pretty anti confrontation like i don't I, I don't even like the video it was funny when it was just like words and people were like what's happening and uh i think charlotte wilder said it best when she said the oscars are sports now and they were it was fantastic twitter was a blast but um as soon as like the video started rolling i was like okay i have to get off now because i don't want to yeah. watch that makes me like like when people fight at the bar if i don't even know them i'm like can we leave i don't want to <laughs> It just makes you uncomfortable. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I think the worst part, I think this is like kind of a consensus, is that so I was somebody I, I really love I do love Will Smith. I love him, I love him, I love him. Um they used to they always still have reruns of Fresh Prince on TBS, whatever. Um I loved it when I was homesick because I would I would watch reruns of Walker, Texas Ranger for some reason that was on too. And I would watch that and I watched Fresh Prince. And I always loved like the hour and a half to two hours of Fresh Prince replays they would show it from like eight to ten and then you obviously you, know, you get into more of his stuff down the line and look do i think his portrayal of you know uh of richard williams was excellent and one of the best performances i've ever seen no do i really have a comment on all this stuff you know about about this place whatever no but this was the biggest night of his professional career and made a complete ass of himself and has a, has people asking like hey should the should the Academy take the award away? Ultimately, I don't think they will. But like, damn, dude. And then to go up there, and, and I'm not sure if y'all saw over Venus and Serena's faces while he was talking. They were like appalled. They were not pleased with what he was saying. So I'm like, dude, Will, I like you, dude. But like, you're just, I mean, if you like, and he made a mess of that in many ways possible. Also, I mean, 
did Will did Will ever attend the Golden Globes when Ricky Gervais was hosting? And did he ever just not get a joke directed at him? Because like the number of you know heinous things that guy said far outnumbers what Chris Rock said. And I think Steven's actually right. You can see him laughing. Jada was not amused. And so he's like, I have to make up for this. Because to be honest, it seems like Will's had to make up for a lot of, a lot of shit in that relationship for a while now from the comments that Jada Pinkett Smith made. So it's just this, I think there's a lot of layers. I was joking on Twitter that night. I was like, it's a work. All the wrestling people know what that means. It's fake. Um, it was not fake. It was real, 100% real. But it was it was Matt Hardy in an edge like yes it was something oh, that started yeah. off as not real yes no, no then it became it became very real. very very real well um, that's a wrestling nerd moment oh yeah locked on wwe bro <laughs> wwf actually we, we, need to, we need to make that actually happen there's no doubt about that with wrestlemania going on yeah too. one thing i wanted to add to that josh is a lot of people pointed back to 2016 when uh, jada essentially boycotted if i'm if i'm not mistaken the, the, the oscars, yeah. oscars over and chris rock was there and he, she he made a joke at her expense for boycotting it and i think that all kind of goes into it. He was laughing. Jada looks at him, gives him the look. And any Josh as well as Steven know that look from your wife. It says, oh, hell no. You did not just laugh at that. So Yeah, I'm absolutely sending this to all your wives as soon as we log off. <laughs> just glad. so they know to listen. See I'm glad that I am not married. Uh, and we never, you know, never have to be in a situation where, where you know, I do have a girl. I would do have a girlfriend who's very angry at me right now for rooting for Kansas. So I'm still dealing with that. I feel like this on top of it would be. Difficult situation if I had to do that. All right, let's talk some spring football. Let's let's do this. Uh, we'll talk some spring football. One second, though. First, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Stat Hero. And boy, does this group right here love March Madness. Uh, it's coming down to the end, though. So if you guys want to get in on it, get in on it now. They have these awesome player matchups. It's Daily Fantasy, the way it's supposed to be played. We know Linda loves fantasy because that's all she tweets about talking about draft picks and what stuff all the time. So Linda, I know she loves the individual matchups stat hero has. They'll do something this weekend, like Bankero Griffin and uh, Roach against Baycott Manic and love. And they go head to head and they'll have points or points plus rebounds or whatever. It's pretty cool. It's a fun way to play daily fantasy. You guys go there today. Use the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N locked on. You'll receive a 100% deposit match today. Once again, promo code locked on at a uh, stat hero slash locked on, I believe is, is what it is. Uh, you guys can go there today and check that out. Also, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Go to built.com today. It's built.com to find all of their delicious Built Bars mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. Uh, and white chocolate cookies and cream are some of the flavors they have available. Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, only se- and, uh, 17 grams of protein as well. Compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. We don't like that. Boo, net carbs. Uh, go to Built.com today. It's Built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at Built.com today all right so spring football it's rocking it's rolling and linda i'm actually glad that you are to my uh right on the screen because mike gundy was on the radio show i normally work big 12 today comma today and he had some comments 
uh, about, I'll, I'll read you a couple of things that he said. Um, he said in that in by 2024, 2024, around 2024, he thinks that the big 12 might add more schools. Um, he also mentioned to 18 playoff. He didn't say anything about 12, which I thought was interesting. So now, you know, obviously these are not like blasphemous comments and not as nearly, you know, as, as edgy as his OAN comments, but what, what have you thought? I, I've kind of enjoyed Mike Gundy's um, he's been very candid this off season. I feel like, I think there were some questions after that 2020 season, right? There were so many expectations. That was the year it got derailed by COVID, but still they didn't really play that well during the actual year. And last year was like, okay, no, no, Mike Gundy is that guy. He is a great, amazing tenured coach. And I feel like we're seeing that comfort and kind of some of his prognosticating. So your thoughts about Mike Gundy as we head into this kind of new era of Big 12 football, Oklahoma State football, and some of the comments he's been making. I always have thoughts about Mike Gundy. How could you not? Um, You know, he just – I think he's always been pretty comfortable in the media uh, and pretty candid. I think uh, that's pretty fair to say about Mike Gundy. But I do like what he's saying. I like the way that he's talking about Oklahoma State – you know, somebody did that uh, Big 12 coach approval by fan uh, poll, mm. and he's like so low. And we've just gotten to this point where I think we're like complacent until we get to a playoff or like have that kind of potential this year. We were so close. And I think that would have winning the Big 12 championship would have skyrocketed Mike Gundy uh, in in terms of like fan approval. But we still get so uh, angry with him and especially with Casey Dunn, the offensive coordinator when it comes to some of the play calling, especially this last year. I mean, like we were winning games, but it was still after every game going like, what the hell? Why did we, why did we stop playing in the third quarter? Whatever it was, there was always something that we were nitpicking. So it is nice that he's being candid, but I think he's kind of always been that way. And mm. uh, t- until he really delivers on that big 12 championship, I'm he's always going to fall in that, in that mediocre coaching range for us. Even like, as a as an Oklahoma State fan, I love what Mike Gundy has done for the football program. It's hard to be mad about winning seasons over and over and over again, but the um, losses to Bob Stoops uh, regularly and the inability to grasp a Big 12 championship have really hindered his view from, I think, from the media and from uh, Oklahoma State fans. Man, just it's one of those things that Desmond Jackson reaches the ball out. Maybe we're not having this conversation, right? I mean, as bad as the play calling was, like, the, like there is a certain amount of, like, we have to get this rock in the end zone, right? That is the bottom line. But if Desmond Jackson reaches his arms out, we're, you know, maybe that answer is, like, they won the Big 12 championship. But, but to be fair, too, they did go and beat Notre Dame in a bowl game that, I mean, I think Notre Dame was pretty motivated to play in, right, with obviously first game – uh, you know, new head coach. So yeah, I understand why, but also they have the longest tenured coach in the, in the big 12 and he's elevated that program. I mean, that program was nowhere near where it is now. And it's a top 25 program, like period. There is no question. Oklahoma state football is a top 25 program every single year. And the fact that we couldn't say that before, I think is just important. So you have anything yeah. else? No, I, I totally agree. But, and, and I agree about Notre Dame and the way that we came out in the second half and, getting that stuff like stopping them completely on offense and uh, figuring out a way to win that game was fantastic, but it is not the game that Oklahoma state fans remember from last season. They remember the big 12 championship game, period. So that's very fair. unfortunately that's, that's still what is remained prevalent, but I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. He is, 
completely raised and, and transformed that program. Shit over to John. John, uh, Oklahoma, in my opinion, has to be the presumptive favorite next year in the Big 12. Uh, to me, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma is the Big 12's best chance to get a playoff team. I don't like saying that because obviously there's so many shifting factors with Oklahoma right now with so much changing for them. But unless Texas can flip the coaching, you know, and, and kind of get that thing completely – like it's it's just going to – new roster for them, new coaching, it's a lot of talent. But OU's got the pedigree, so I'll lean that way. How are things going in spring? Have OU fans calmed themselves and put all of their focus into the into the new season? Yeah, I think anytime uh, you're seeing Oklahoma fans and the former head coach intertwined, it's when somebody in the national media is bringing them up. Most people are focused on what's happening now. We're focused on spring football in the future. I think there's a lot of optimism about what's going to happen in 2022. I think there's still a little bit of realistic view that we are turning over 12 starters on both sides of the football. Yes, we got a quarterback in that has a lot of experience, but still there's a lot of turnover happening in Norman. I think there's still some excitement about what's coming up behind those guys from the two deep uh, depth chart, but still some questions to be answered on my, as far as I'm concerned, but yeah, I think you look at Oklahoma and what they've got to work with. They're going to be in contention for the big 12 title. But like we saw in 2021, they were the presumptive favorite far and away and it didn't work out for them. And I kind of disagree a little bit with your point that they're probably Mm -hmm. the only team that could get into the college football playoff. I think Oklahoma state was right there on the verge. If they win the big 12 championship, potentially they get in. If Baylor doesn't have a slip up against TCU and they win the big 12 championship, potentially they get in. I think, I think the, the view of the big 12, especially in that top five teams is changing a little bit. People are recognizing that there's some depth to the conference, especially when a team like Kansas can jump up and beat Texas. It's the, the perception is changing a little bit. Now, will that be the case this year? I think the depth could potentially, you know, hurt it again, from giving, giving the Big 12 an opportunity to get into the playoff because you get a Big 12 champion with two losses, they're not going to get in. So it's going to have to be one of those things where a team's going to have to set itself apart to make a run that ends up with just a one loss or an undefeated season for them to have a chance to get in. But as far as Oklahoma's concerned, everybody's excited about Dylan Gabriel. It seems like everybody's really excited about him on the team. They're following him. He's leading by example, not just by word. He's putting in the work. Good wide receiver core, solid group there. The running back depth is pretty nice, although it's a little bit inexperienced. Uh, you know, turning over some offensive linemen, but we got three starters coming back and a lot of really up and coming defensive ends that to replace Isaiah Thomas and Nick Bonito with a lot of promise. Guys like Marcus Stripling and Reggie Grimes. So there's a lot of uh, promise, a lot of confidence, and some optimism about Oklahoma heading into 2022. Yeah, well, I I, I think for me heading into 2022. Th- Oklahoma State is replacing so much on defense. That's that's my that's the big concern, right? For them is how much to place on defense. Baylor's got their two best defensive players in Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie to deal with. And also, we're not even sure who can play quarterback for them this year, uh, which is a it's a huge question mark. Which kind of brings me to TCU, uh, who's in this fray. Steven, this is the team that I think we're discussing how many new players could come in after spring practice. TCU might bring in like an entire roster because we saw them. They didn't sign a whole lot of guys. How many guys were in their recruiting class? Like it was a pretty small class. Yeah. It was like 10 high school guys that came in. And so they've got a lot of, I believe they got a lot of room left, right? I mean, they they can, they can make definitely make some moves here. 
with their mm-hmm. roster as uh, as it moves forward. So how how do you feel about Sonny Dykes? I'll be honest. I, I just I don't know why. I feel like the more I've thought about the hire, I've I've kind of cooled on it a little bit. I'm not saying it won't go well, but I'm just I'm not as enthusiastic as I was when I earlier thought about it. How how do you feel? Oh, Josh. I mean, we're still in the honeymoon phase, man. Like, it's all good. <laughs> it's all great. Sonny's out there, new culture. Guys are bigger and stronger. Got a new strength coach. Everybody's put on good Hell weight yeah. in the offseason. Um, Sonny has open practices. He's been real vulnerable with us. He, <laughs> you know, he gets no. out there in a press conference, and he, he just talks, and he doesn't lecture us about other teams doing things to disrespect the game. He just talks about how or much bloggers. Or yeah, bloggers. Or, or bloggers. He just talks about how much he loves Fort Worth and loves being at TCU. We got a quarterback battle going on. We got a new look offense. I mean, everything's great. There's nothing, there's no issues right now. Everybody's really excited. Um, he had Eddie Lampkin out there, one of the basketball players, like <laughs> throwing the ball on Saturday. They got coaches mic'd up. I mean, this is like this is like hard knocks. It's great. All the he's so he's getting. he's winning the 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 public opinion battle is what you're saying. Yeah, he's winning the public opinion battle. No game has been played yet, so there's no reason to not be optimistic. Um here's the thing. Like, I think there is a, I think there's a high ceiling for Sonny. I also think that this could just stay stagnant or just drop off a cliff, you know, like, and and I I realized I listed three possibilities and that might be the only three possibilities, but I I just, the offense is going to be better. I I believe that wholeheartedly. Sonny has, has scored points wherever he's been. Yes. You know, even when they were bad at Cal, like he was still, churning out good quarterback play um, with Jared Goff and uh, guys like that. And he was still able to score points. I don't know about this defense. I mean, Joe Gillespie um, did a really good job at Tulsa, but all due respect, like that's a different animal, you know, not that there aren't good offenses in the American conference, but um, you're, you're coming up to the big 12 now. Um, and this, this three, three, five look, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, so there's, there's a lot of question marks there and we'll see what that transition is like. Um, but I think right now people are, are talking themselves into the hire. Like it's, there's no reason to not be optimistic. Um, there is a lot of roster turnover. Like you sort of laid out there, they brought in a number of transfers so far. I think there'll be more after spring practice with more guys hitting the portal. And, uh, I just feel like things were so, you could tell the last few years that the end of the Gary Patterson era, it just felt like was going towards a dead end. Like there wasn't much hope that he was going to turn it around. So something fresh, something new is really um, working for the fan base. I just, I don't know how it's going to pan out when, you know, they hit the field on Saturdays. That'll, that remains to be seen. Uh, by the way, I, I laugh in the middle of that. Cause I just, I read a ridiculous post from somebody on Twitter. Um, this is why I always check Twitter to make sure nothing, nothing newsworthy breaks. And so we look like complete clowns. We're talking like, Hey, Will Smith. And it's like, by the way, you know, Dave Aranda has taken the UCLA football job. Um, you know, he never wanted that to happen. Uh, I, I, so I think when I think about him, you know, Sonny Dykes, I think about Joey McGuire too, right? The new, the two new coaches in Texas, um, both of them are definitely winning the public opinion battle. Right. I mean, Joey McGuire is like, I, I think there is, I think there's a certain sentiment out there 
that it's like, we've got no clue if this guy can coach at all. Luckily he's brought in a couple good coordinators and I'll tell you what, there is no hotter coordinator right now than Zach Kitley. Right. I mean, have you all seen all this stuff? He's, he's like in his low thirties. Everybody's talking about him. I think um, we're at the part of the news cycle for the draft where Bailey Zappi's about to get some love. Right. And people are like, what about this kid? Fourth, uh, fourth, third round. What if somebody, Linda, you know, is this going to happen? Is this happening now? Is this happening? It's absolutely going to happen. It happens every year. We get tired of talking about like the same top couple guys and then just like work our way down till we're talking. We're like, what are we doing? Talking yeah, ourselves into Sam Ellinger. And it's they're going to be like, it's through for 50,000 yards last year and 29, you know, hundred touchdowns. Yeah. And uh, who's his coordinator? Uh, is it Texas tech? I do think Hitley's also a rock star. I think this guy's going to do, uh, we had him on recently. He sounds like a head coach. Like he sounded like he was the head coach of Texas Tech. He's like Lubbock's where I want you know want to be with my family. It's like they might they might have hired the wrong guy, and they might have hired the right guy, but they might have hired the wrong guy above him. So I, I Stephen, do you agree when we're talking about te- these two schools in Texas? You think it's fair to say, all right? I know it's different situations. One's private, one's public. You know, one different expectations, everything. But it's kind of fair to kind of track these two hires together as we go along. I think so, and. Tech, similar to TCU, like you just got such a different personality in Joey McGuire. Um, and you also have a guy, you know, Matt Wells really struggled on the recruiting trail. And that was a, that's a tough place to recruit. Joey's already brought a ton of energy in that regard. That's what he does. That's who he is. Um, and he's a super likable guy. So I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, for a program that's been kind of down and out the last few seasons, his energy is pretty infectious. Um, but yeah, it's a big step up. I mean, he was a great coach yeah. at the high school level. Um, and he did a really good job at Baylor and the different roles that they put him in, but now you're running a, a big 12 program. And so that's, I mean, that's a huge promotion. Um, and he's going to have to be ready to be more than just, you know, a CEO at some point for this, for this to work. And Jake, what do you want to see from BYU as they get ready to potentially enter the big 12 I think the one thing for me that we know is going to be there is the physicality just because uh, BYU does have the luxury of having older players, right? That is one thing that is a feature of the BYU teams that they've got guys who are, huh? In theory, Baylor kind of showed BYU where they need to get to last year. Right. That is, that is true. But, but I think there are going to be some games where it's like Texas tech gets pushed around by a BYU, right? Uh, It's going to happen. Yeah, so the one thing this spring ball, and BYU's actually having their alumni, their final day of practices is this coming Thursday. So they're almost done here. And wow. the, the biggest thing I have noticed, and I've been out to seven of their practices so far. It'll be eight on Thursday. And the biggest thing I've noticed is they have made a renewed emphasis on hitting the weight room. I'm seeing some guys that last year were playing undersized at different positions that look now legit like, okay, that guy fits, it, let's say, a linebacker mm. spot or a defensive line spot. I think it's something that that Baylor game in particular last year, BYU got absolutely trounced on both sides of the ball, particularly in the trenches. And I think it taught them everything they that they were going up against as they get ready for the Big 12. Yeah, there will be games where they'll be able to go man for man, but I think Kalani Sataki and his staff realize we still got work to do. So the nice part is BYU's got about two years of a runway to get themselves ready for the Big 12, which is going to be an advantage for them just in terms of understanding, okay, Here's what we need to work on, how we are going to go about recruiting, building towards this. But I do not think you'll get all of the answers if you're BYU until they actually do enter the conference in 2023. 
Yeah, they're you know I think it's I think it's important to look at all those teams how they perform this year, right? Houston, UC. I mean, UCF needs to bounce back pretty badly. Yeah. Um, I I don't think UCF if UCF has another year like they did last year, you kind of have to have some questions about them coming into the Big Twelve. Because and and the thing is, this is this is you bring it up like this is a physical league, right? We're no longer talking about a league where. I don't know if we can score 45 points at Oklahoma State. It's like, man, is Oklahoma State going to beat our ass at the line of scrimmage this year? Like, is that what is that what's going to happen, right? You know, is, is Baylor going to run the ball down our throats? You know, is, is, that, is that what's going to happen here? Uh, is Zach Evans, you know, I know he's gone now, but, like, it's the strength that was the strength uh, of, of TCU's team. Like, it, that that is the – what the conference has become now. And, look, I love it. Uh, you know, I think, it's, I think it's good for the conference to have its kind of identity. But, um, yeah, I think – the, the schools I'm really curious about is like, what is, you know, will BYU kind of remain the same kind of do the stuff they've always done. I, I think Zach Wilson's a little bit of an out, outlier. Yes. I think we're all, it's all fair to say that, you know, some of the stuff they could do with Zach Wilson was an outlier. Keep uh, an eye on Jaron Hall. He looks, yes. he, he looks really, really polished. The biggest thing for him though, in all of his time playing at BYU, he has never made it through an entire season healthy. Mm, that is right. the one thing going against him. But in spring ball, he has looked absolutely lights out. I, I, I'm not. I'm under no illusions that BYU walks in is going to be playing for a uh, Big 12 championship right away. But I do think that they understand the work they have to do to get ready as they go into this conference. But it's the same thing for UCF. Cincinnati's probably the most ready, in my opinion, in terms of just stepping right. And be able to go yeah, right play away. style too. Play style hundred yeah. percent fits in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then you're you're looking at these teams coming in. Houston is, I think, going to have to upgrade a little bit too. But I think all of them understand what is in front of them, what they need to accomplish in the lead up to that. And it'll be interesting. BYU, yes, there will be guys who will go on uh, Mormon missions, LDS missions out here, and they're going to be twenty one year old freshmen that are playing football. And trust me, it's going to be a talking point f- forever. For however long, but BYU. that's good. I want to see that. It's it's, it's an advantage, <laughs> and they they lean to it. They they lean into it. Yeah, absolutely. They they're they're going to lean into it, and it will give them some advantages. But at the same time, they understand that hey, we need to really upgrade our overall talent base. That means the twos and the threes behind those ones. They need to have an upgrade in terms of the overall talent on this roster. They've done a good job developing it, but they still are going to need to take advantage of the next two recruiting classes to really get themselves set up. I just want to know the BYU smack. Uh, they, they smoked the Pac-12. Was it South this year? Was it the yeah, South? they were. They were so, they were which 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 dispels this whole the Big Twelve won't be a Power Five conference anymore thing. It's like, look, sure. I mean, like BYU ran over the Pac-12 South. We're, we're going to demean the, the you know we're demean the, the Pac-12 all of a sudden now. I know they aren't very good. We still consider them Power Five league. That's besides the point. All right, quick word from our sponsors. We'll do some. We'll do some final four predictions. Get ourselves out of here. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com today. When you guys do, you guys will find affordable parts for anything in your car or truck. Uh, carpet, uh, tail lights. If you want to, I'm sure they've got like polisher for your, uh, if you want to polish whatever part of your car, your license plate, I don't even know. Uh, they've got uh, whatever you need there at rockauto.com. You go there today, you guys will find parts that are 30, 50, or 100% less than what you'll pay at a auto parts uh, dealership or on uh, online at some places or your local store. So go to rockauto.com. It's the cheapest place to go. When you go there, write locked on and there. How'd you hear about us box? That way they know we sent you amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. 
Coachkamp.com. All right, Coach K made the final four. I'm not happy about it. Um, but I have to credit them. He's in the team's done a very good job this year. Uh, at least in the tournament, the coaching's been very good. So let's get final four picks. Uh, Linda, who is playing in the championship game and who do you think wins? Uh, I'm boycotting the NCAA uh, tournament, so you're just going to have right. to skip. That's me. not, that's not, we can't accept that. You're going to have to give us the, who is playing the championship game. Do you know who's playing in the final four? Yeah, but I, it's just like, it just ended so boring. It was fun to watch the Peacocks. And then of course that Cinderella story ended and now it's four blue bloods and I don't get, it's Which not is, fun anymore. This is, this is what I don't understand about the tournament. It, it frustrates me so much is people will be like, literally what happened to all the upsets. It's to get the good teams won. That's what happened. Yeah. I Duke's know. Four or five and spots. I'm already mad at well, them. So now I'm being it's extra good. petty. Did you watch the game Just let me be petty. Basketball. You know what? No, you know what pisses me off is that it's like, did you guys hear about the NFL? And like, can the NFL shut up and let me enjoy my college basketball? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. no. What are the no. Browns going to do in Baker Mayfield? I don't care. St. Peter's is playing North Carolina. <laughs> shut the hell up. That's, that's, yeah. I just you're right. That. The so, NFL wants to all right, get the so attention. Like, Queen of the NFL, before, you know, I might have to boot you off here. I'm going to move on from you. John. I'll ask you. Maybe you'll give me an actual uh, answer. Yeah, give you Kansas over Duke in the final. I, I want. I mean, the so this is what happened: the ACC championship tournament loss to North Carolina spurred Duke on this run. Same thing happened to my lacrosse team back in 2004. We lost the last <laughs> game of the regular season. Went into the the final four, one seven <laughs> five over two lane. And then went into the championship and knocked off Nickel State twenty-two to twelve. So, but Duke you're telling me get... you sang choir and played lacrosse? Absolutely, I did. Hell yes. yeah, John. I yes. think you might be white. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I was about to say. <laughs> That's about the whitest thing I ever heard in my life. Um, hey, Stephen. It is what it is. But what yeah, is over Duke. Man, I didn't know I was doing a show with Zach Efron. That's hilarious. <laughs> um. He took my pick, though. I'm also going Kansas over Duke. I think KU gets Cheers. it done. Big 12 flexes, wins another basketball championship. Coach K goes out sad, and best of the best for everybody. Jake. I am a man who believes in destiny, and I believe that Coach K is destined to go out on top. So, there uh, you go. I'm what sorry. higher – what higher power would want Coach K to win a championship here? You know, I mean, I don't come know. On. I, it, trust me, I, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I just, I, I feel like they're they got matched up with North Carolina in the Final Four, the first time they've ever faced off in the NCAA yeah. tournament. That seems serendipitous in a way, and I yeah, just no, feel I like the way this is this is trending. Coach K goes out on top. I've got Kansas over Carolina in the championship game. I think I think Carolina is playing. I mean, they're just they're they're a house of fire right now. They just seem to be pulling all the right switches. Whether it was Baylor comeback or you know uh, the UCLA them rallying past UCLA and just hammering St. Peter's. Never a prayer in that game. And I KU, man, here's the crazy part. This is not a great KU team like compared to other great teams they have. If they win, talking Jesse Noodle, they Kansas City Star. They're going to be favored in all six tournament games they play. If they play, I mean, no matter who they play in the, the title game. They're gonna be they're gonna be favored over Duke, I, I think. So that's pretty crazy to think. Uh, I'm and picking Kansas to win the title. I'll probably be single after this weekend, especially if they win. Uh, so I'm taking my you know my relationship to my own hands here. But yeah, I've got that happening. All right, 
Fun show, everybody. Now it's time to do plugs. Uh, Linda, I'm tempted not to let you plug anything because you're going to plug some dumb football stuff in the middle of March Madness still. All right. So, so go ahead. I'll still let you plug stuff. Go ahead. Okay. I thought I was really going to get skipped over. Uh, Lockdown Pokes is pretty much fully turned to football, some baseball, softball sprinkled in. Uh, and then all of my fantasy football work can be found on Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life newsletter, which is a free newsletter to sign up to. Offseason comes out Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, great football. Yay. Uh, John. Be nice. Yeah, hey, you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, on Facebook, Locked On Sooners, and on Twitter, Locked On at Locked On Sooners over there, uh, and on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. And if you love college basketball, college lacrosse is going on as well. Duke is going to get that revenge over North Carolina in ACC play, and they're one of the perennial powers over on that side, Syracuse, Duke, North Carolina. But watch out for Denver as well. They're a hot team out west that actually won the national championship in division one lacrosse a couple years ago but we're also talking about softball the oklahoma softball team is 30 and oh something like 25 run rule wins grace Lyons hit three home runs tonight for oklahoma's uh, another run rule win over wichita state the tari jennings home run too was was amazing with the comeback yeah it was that was incredible over baylor yeah. on sunday that was great um Linda, I'm fine with the football stuff. Just wait till after Monday's championship game. Then we're good. That's all I'm, I'm saying. Just gonna, I'm just going to spam you with like all of the NFL news. You, this she, week so now. Linda so asked now us tonight how, be like, what's how your we pronounce – Ask us how we pronounce Gabe Burkich's name tonight. It's like, look, can we wait for the kicker talk? Like one week. No, no. One week on the kicker talk. I, we all know Linda loves, loves four her Four big 12 schools replacing a kicker, man. This is big news. That is actually pretty big news. Uh, Steven. Man, college lax talk and kicker talk. It's like I turned on ESPNU at 9 a.m. on Thursday. Um, I'm at some Linda, gucks. We need to go. 9 a.m. Thursday is ESPNU. I'm at some gucks, Steven, on Twitter. The show is locked on Horn Frogs. Uh, and I know Josh is exhausted, but if anybody else wants to keep talking with me, um, I ate some Cheeto puffs earlier tonight, and I just found out via text message that apparently my pregnant wife was saving those for herself. So I'm not even sure if. Chris Rock would get me out of this situation. I'm in, I'm in deep, fellas. So and and Linda. So Steven's gonna grab me. the keys and jump in the car. He's going to the store after this. This, this show's over. That is, that's what's gonna happen. It's bad. I've I've messed up pretty 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 bad here. Uh, Jake, Steven, as a guy whose wife subsisted on her last pregnancy on hot Cheetos, and that my son who was part of that pregnancy now loves those i know exactly <laughs> where you've been and i wish you the best so thanks man <laughs> i might look up flights to utah see if you have a spare bedroom <laughs> ah, Lake City. We, we got you we got you covered all right uh you guys can follow me jacob c hatch on twitter uh locked on cougars on facebook instagram or twitter just under locked on cougars and yeah we're just having a lot of fun follow the show wherever you get your podcasts you guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore at LO Big 12. We're going to have uh, Shahan Jayaraja on tomorrow from CBS Sports. So he's going to come on and talk about the recent article he wrote. Yeah, he's awesome. He's great. So uh, check that out. YouTube and wherever you guys get your podcasts, where to find it. All right, team. It was fun. We'll be back at it next week.